Ion 2020, episode 320. I don't know about you, but I am always dealing with these clueless people on the internet and in my daily life, and I was looking to learn how to defend libertarianism, and if you're in that same position, you want to learn how to defend libertarianism, advocate for a free market, and win any political or economic debate, then you need to join Liberty Classroom. That's Tom Wood's Liberty Classroom, and you could do that by going to iontheempire.com slash liberty. If you do that, you'll be able to earn the equivalent of a PhD in libertarian thought and free market economics online for just 24 cents a day. That's amazing. Once again, go to iontheempire.com slash liberty. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, putting out a show a little late on a Monday. It is Labor Day and... uh, I was just at the beach with my family for the weekend. We left on Thursday and got back today, which is Monday, while I'm recording, and uh, figured I'd throw together a show for you guys as well. I always try to put these shows out on Monday and Thursday, so thank you for joining me. It was great. The week, the weekend was pretty awesome getting out there, uh, just doing some relaxing, took the kids out to the beach, and then we did. We rented a boat for a day and went out and uh, island hopped and stuff like that around uh, the Carolina coast, North Carolina coast, which is f- absolutely phenomenal. The one thing that you notice when you're out there is Trump flags everywhere. It was insane. Insane how many Trump flags there are. I guess these people, they're always having these uh, Trump these Trump boat parades and stuff like that. And one of them happened this weekend and you heard all the people that hate Trump that were just uh, saying, oh, look, they sank boats and stuff like that. That water was really rough at that one in Texas, if you guys noticed that I was looking at the waves, and I was like, holy crap, I would never be boating out in that thing, but, um, yeah, I guess a couple of these crafts sink, and people that hate Trump say, oh, they got what they deserve, you know, and then whatever, but there's been tons of boat parades, it's really, if you're out on the water, my wife was taking a look, it was like 200 to 1 uh, flags for Trump over Biden, and uh, obviously, I mean, it's just, uh, I guess that maybe that's part of the the group of people that like to get out there a boat, you know, especially out in the South. I mean, we're in the South and stuff uh, where we live. So that must be just the way it is. I think there was a boat parade up in Massachusetts as well. Uh, a Trump boat parade or something. But those are like the a common thing now. And it just it does show a little bit of excitement around the Trump name, which I think is interesting because you've never really seen this before. Not even, I mean, you... Barack Obama had a pretty big following and people that really loved the guy and stuff. And uh, Trump obviously has that as well. And I think it gets back to this whole polarization thing as well. Like there are people that strongly have dug themselves entrenched with Trump. There's people that have strongly entrenched themselves with the other side as well. So, uh, but it's really interesting to see that. The one other thing that I noticed on the beach is that 
if you look at the beaches, I mean, they are multicultural and stuff, and it does not give the perspective of what you see on the news where, I mean, you see that, oh, it's the whites against the blacks, like there's racism everywhere and all this stuff. And if you watch the news, that's just the way that you think America would be if you got all of your inf- information from the news and nothing else. But if you get out there, I mean, it was, if you're sitting on the beach hanging out, drinking beer for the day, got your umbrella, you got your chairs, and you look around, it's whites, blacks, Mexicans, Hispanic, Asians. I mean, I'm sitting there hanging out yesterday, and there was an Asian family next to me, a black family back, you know, behind me, and uh, white people, and uh, every nationality that you can think of. I had some Hispanic folks, we're sitting there walking down the beach in the evening time, and there was a Hispanic family. It was after dark, we were looking for the um, sand crabs and also some of these ghost crabs. And there's a Hispanic family sitting there still hanging out. You know, they, they have like a little campfire going and stuff. And one of the kids that's there, he comes running down and he says, hey, what are you guys doing? And we kind of showed him what we were doing and stuff. And then when we were done, we left him and we left him with, a, with, the, with the flashlight we we're using so he could go find some of these ghost crabs himself. And, you know, it's not. It's not what you think of it as on the news. It really is not. If you're just sitting there at the beach, that's what you get. But what you see on the news is in Virginia, in Virginia Beach, there was the BLM people that came, and they're going to shut down the beach. And they have this rally of a couple hundred people. I think it was like a couple hundred people that decided they were going to go, and a few got arrested. Like, it wasn't really that big of a deal. It was not really that big of an event. But they're looking for it right now. And that's what's going on in the media. They're looking for problems. And they're boosting those problems up as if there's something that is exactly real when it's not. There's not really the major, like, racism going on in America. Think about it. Four years ago, you did not have white nationalists out there on the main stage and maybe a few of them came out of their shells but that's the minority of people and he did not have black nationalists out there on the main stage but with what's going on now the media is looking for it so they're gonna find the 50 people that are african-american that have guns that go to some event and show up and do this and they're gonna find the 50 guys that come out armed to the T that are white that are going to, you know, go to an event and they're going to show that little clash like what happened in Louisville over the weekend. And it's a non-event. It's something that the only reason why it's happening is because the media is looking for it. The media is looking for something because they're looking for division. They're trying to find the division everywhere. But if you're at the beach this weekend, it's multicultural. It's everybody everybody's at the beach having a good time there's no fights going on on the beach there's thousands upon thousands of people getting along having a good time in the water surfers boogie boarders no one's crashing into each other no one's dying no one's fighting they're just having a good time and that's the way america is that's the way the entire world is until you get the disruptors out there, the politicians out there that want to look and divide. And that's all they want to do. They want to look and divide. They want to find the division and then they'll sit there and just exploit it and tweak it and sit there and just dig that knife in and turn it as much as they possibly can. And it's so stinking annoying right now. Then you have 
the younger people who think that that's just how America is. When it's not, when it's not, you can go to any lake on the weekend and see people getting along. You can go to any beach on the weekend and see people getting along. There is spontaneous order in this world. It just happens. Because people do not want to fight. They don't want to argue. They don't want to sit there and have those problems. Now, there are an occasional time, like if you're at the bar. If you're in a bar and there's thousands of people at that bar or at a night, let's just say a nightclub because that's where you'll have thousands of people. Bars might have a couple hundred people. You're at a bar. There's a couple hundred people hanging out drinking having a good time in over a six hour period from, you know, 8 PM until 2 PM, one fight breaks out. That is not the depiction of the entire night. That's the depiction of one incident, but the media will come in there and pretend that that was the entire night at that bar or at that nightclub. When thousands of people are there, a couple hundred people are there, they're getting along, having a good time. Guys are trying to pick up girls and vice versa. And then there's one fight. People do not want to fight. People do not want to argue. People do not want to cause controversy. People do not want to sit there. And just they just want to go out and have a good time. And that's what people are trying to do. But the media will take a one single event at a bar and say that that was the way the bar was the entire night. And then they'll turn it in saying that's the entire bar scene in general. Just like they do it in the media with what's going on today, with the BLM protests, with the different protests that are going on across America on both sides now. Because you have the BLM protests and now you have the anti-protesters that come out there. And I don't think the anti-protesters are out there saying, the Black Lives Matter is not saying all white people are racist. They have their reasons for believing what they believe. And they have their reasons for getting out there and saying what they're saying. Because they do, most of them do generally believe that there is an overbearing police force. That the police are out there and doing what they're doing. And that they have, that there is some racism within the police force. So they generally believe that. Now they're, now you've heard me say it before, there generally is some racist policies that go on in America with the drug war and, and you know several other things. But it's not like the individual police officers are the racist. Now there might be a few bad apples, just like there's that one or two bad apples at a bar at night. There's going to be a few bad apples. And those are the ones that get, get, that get shown on TV, is what it is. And then on the other side, you have the anti-protesters. And they are not sitting there saying all black people are bad or, you know, they're not the racist guys. They're just saying, I think that the police officers are okay. I think that there's a lot of good police officers and I'm going to support them. That's what I want to talk about today was this political polarization, was the fact that these politicians will sit there and politically polarize Every single thing. And it makes it, and then the, then the media is there to oblige it, right? They're going to sit there and say, all of these people that are doing these anti-protests, they're coming out there in, in support of police and the Blue Lives Matter and all this stuff. And they're going to get out there and do their protests. And what they're going to say is they're protesting against the BLM protesters and make it sound like they are 
all racist or bad people. And on the other side, the BLM side, they're going to say that they are, that, that in their mind, they think all police officers are bad. And I guarantee you these people don't think all police officers are bad, but they're going to polarize the issue. Now, a lot of those people might think that all police officers are bad. I don't know. But polarizing the issue does not get us anywhere. It does not lead to results. It does not lead to conversations that change people's minds or or change policies in general. Because you need to know why the police do what they do in order to solve the problem. Why are they out there over releases? Why is there a police force that has probably double or triple the number of police officers that you would need to keep the peace in America? Why is that? Because of the drug war. Because they're out there looking for things that people are doing individually. I'm at my house and I'm smoking pot and you're going to get out there and have police officers looking for people that are smoking pot. Or looking for the small time dealers that are smoking pot. Or searching cars, taking their time, searching people's cars, looking for some reason to arrest them. Not all police officers are bad, but there is policies that are there that are causing them to act in ways that might be bad to the population. But this political polarization that the politicians are doing, saying that, the, like if you, for example, watch Fox News at night. Watch Tucker Carlson, watch Candy, watch these people. They will not refer to the protesters as protesters. They always refer to them as rioters and looters. It seems like to me. But that's not the case. But that's a polarizing statement. Now, if you watch MSNBC, they're all peaceful protesters. With a few occasional violent acts. But then on the other side, you watch Fox News and you look at the anti-protesters, the Blue Lives Matter protesters, the people that are coming out there, you know, to protect, protect the property and all that. And if you look at Fox News, they're all good guys. They're all looking to make sure that, you know, they're protecting the property from all these rioters and looters. That's the, that's the polarization. You're either for the police or you're not for, you're either all for all police officers or you're or your anti-police officer. You can't be the person that says, yeah, there's a few bad apples in the bunch. So let's look, let's find policies that we can do to weed those guys out in the world that we live in now. Let's find policies that can weed out those bad, those bad apples. But we could also look at other options besides just completely defunding the police and saying, you know what, let's defund the police in the way that would lead to them having to do less. And the, the less that they could do is end the damn drug war. That's what it could be. But they want to make it a polarizing issue on everything. It's an election year. We're in an election year. You're going to have that happen. And everyone's getting riled up and crazy. I mean, look at the way that the election is coming out. Only 6 or 7% of people are undecided between Trump and Biden right now. They're going to vote one of the two ways. This time, four years ago, it was 16 to 17% of people that were undecided between Hillary and Trump. Now it's only 6 or 7%. There's a reason for that, because the media has done its job. 
to get everyone entrenched into their issues, to get everyone entrenched into their hole. And now it looks like there's disorder. That's what you see on TV, but that's not what I saw this weekend at the beach. I didn't see that this weekend at the beach. I saw general harmony, people getting along. We were sitting there at this, this rooftop bar, drinking beer, hanging out, my wife and I. And there was people of all races hanging out, listening to live music, drinking beer. Having a good time. No fights. That's what I saw. That's what I saw this weekend. But the politicians don't want you to believe that. Donald Trump doesn't want you to believe that. Joe Biden doesn't want you to believe that. He wants you to, Joe Biden wants you to believe that. The world is chaos right now. It's all because of Trump. And then Trump wants to say, you know, if, if look how, look what's going on right now. It's these, these people that are, you know, these Democratic voters that are out there just destroying things. And we need law and order. And I'm going to be the heavy-handed president that's going to take care of this. And that's it. That's not what we need. That's, that's not, that is not what we need. We need to turn our backs on that stuff, guys. We do. We need to turn our backs on it. I was in a conversation with a... Just through Messenger. So I guess if you go to Facebook onto the face onto the I Am The Empire page, you can message me. And I was in a conversation with a guy named... Uh, I won't say his name. I'll just use his initials. RF. And uh, we were just going back and forth... And he's from California, and uh, I guess he's a new libertarian is what he said. And uh, him and his wife are just frustrated at the two-party system, but he's asked me, he says, are you frustrated with it, and are you upset with the fact that this two-party system is so entrenched that they have kind of just hijacked the entire political process, and then how do you rationalize that vote for a libertarian? And I'll tell you what, I, of course you get frustrated because there have been people that have attempted to go the Republican route, like these libertarian-leaning Republicans, Thomas Massey, Rand Paul. There's one out in uh, Mike Lee that's out in Utah. And there's several others that were part of the House Freedom Caucus. And you don't see it on the Democratic side at all, which is strange to me that there's no libertarian-leaning Democrats, you know? They seem like they kind of vote all in unison, all in sync. Uh, there's the far left people like AOC and there's, you know, just the party line people that are just your, the normal Democrats. But there are the, the, the House Freedom Caucus, which are people that are libertarian-leaning Republicans. And, uh, you know, those are good people. They've, they've tried to work within the system, but they're not getting the results there's, that, they, that they would need. But at least they have a voice in Congress, right? So there are people that have gone that route. They've tried to do it within the party, but there has been a hijacking. The two-party system has hijacked the entire political process. It's been like that forever, but I, I don't know if it's just the way that our political process is that it makes the two-party system uh, work, but it, has, it seems like it's broken to me. I agree. It is definitely broken, and it does frustrate me. But the one thing that I always say is that if the parties start to see that people are pulling away from them, if the parties start seeing that people are not voting or they're getting and they're voting for libertarians or Green Party, a third option, if they're voting outside of that, then they'll start to see why is this happening? I mean, look at Ross Perot. He was able to get like, er, yeah, Ross Perot back in 1992, he was able to get like 20% of the vote. 
maybe it was like 15% of the vote. It was the high, it was the most that a third party had gotten in, you know, since the 1800s. And the Republican Party responded. They had to because they realized that they were losing. So they became a little bit more focused in on like America and all that and, you know, America first. They started, I mean, I, I, I don't know if they did, they moved too far, but at least they took a more conservative approach, I guess, to spending. And I think that's what Ross Pro was looking at. But Ross Pro was the guy that was anti-NAFTA uh, and he was really against the Mexico, like the trade with Mexico and thought, thought that it would ship American jobs overseas, which generally it did in some ways, but new jobs popped up. I mean, I've always been for free trade because of that but getting back to the point that I was trying to make I think that when the two parties will start to see on the left that the green party is starting to get more votes then it's going to change their philosophy but on the right it's going to do the same thing as well because I think that libertarianism will more line up fiscally with the republicans so if they start to see people spending or start people voting based upon uh, for libertarians because they were saying that, you know, they want a party that's going to spend less, then maybe they'll start to change their ways as well. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that it's a losing proposition to vote for a libertarian, even though you know that the person's going to lose, because I look at my vote as a vote that's kind of like a, a a middle finger to the two-party system. It's more to say that, you know what, especially, for example, Mr. RF, who's out there in California, you know Joe Biden's going to win California. I mean, it's the most, it's the most liberal state besides, I guess, Oregon, in Massachusetts, maybe, and maybe, maybe Washington state. It's a very liberal state. So you know that Trump's going to lose California. You know that Joe Biden's going to win. So in that type of situation, if there was 10% of people that voted for a libertarian, that's going to tell everybody, hey, there's 10% of people that are dissatisfied with a two-party system. Maybe we should try to bring those voters in by changing our platform or something, but... Even if that doesn't change the platform, though, it's still just telling them, screw you. I'm not going to listen to what you have anymore. And that's going to tell other people, it's going to signal to other people, 10% of the vote in California went to a libertarian candidate? Maybe next time I'll vote for a libertarian. That, I mean, that's what it's going to tell them. That's what it's going to tell the people. And then they start looking at the libertarian party and the platform and what libertarians represent. And maybe it's not perfect. Maybe it doesn't align with everything that you agree with. But at least you're able to say, hey, 10% of people out there in California voted for Libertarian. I'm going to vote for them next time also. Because people are willing to get into groups. They want to be in herds. They want to know that other people are out there and are willing to vote the same way. And to have the balls to do it. You know California is going to win. Or that Joe Biden's going to win in California. You know that Joe Biden's going to win in Massachusetts. You know that Donald Trump is going to win in Alabama or Mississippi. 
or South Carolina. You know Donald, where Donald Trump's going to win at. It's not like if you really think of the lesser of two evils, it's not like your one vote is going to change everything. It's not. Donald Trump is not going to win by one vote in South Carolina. Donald Trump is not going to win by one vote in Mississippi. Donald Trump is not going to win by one vote in Nebraska. Joe Biden is not going to win by one vote in Massachusetts. There's no place in America where that's going to be the case. So you could always use your vote as a big F you if you feel like the lesser of two evils is one of the two. I'm kind of split on who I think the lesser of two evils is, to be honest with you. From a fiscal standpoint, neither of them are good. I think that Donald Trump kind of leans the right way on the wars, and I think that Joe Biden is not on the right side of the wars. So I think that in that general sense, Donald Trump is probably the lesser of two bills only based upon that in my mind. Fiscally, they're both big spenders. Fiscally, they don't care about the deficit. Fiscally, they just want to spend as much as they possibly can and leave our, leave our kids in debt. Both of them are going to do that. Who's going to spend the money in the right place? I don't think any place is the right place. So I don't know. I, I would never say that. Um, Donald Trump says he gives lip service to the idea that he is ending regulations and stuff on businesses, small businesses and so forth. I think that's generally a good thing. He says that he's not going to, you know, take control of the healthcare system and stuff like that. That's probably a good thing as well. But I don't know in a second term how Donald Trump would end up being because he's a crapshoot. He's somebody that is unpredictable. He's somebody that um, goes with his feeling in his gut constantly. And he's shown that he's willing to say that he has all power and can do whatever he wants to. So who knows what's going to happen in the second term with that guy? Is he going to be towing the party line? Is he going to be pandering to his base? Who knows? So that could be a scary thing. So then on that side, you might say Joe Biden is the better of the two, the lesser of the two evils. It's hard to tell, guys. It really is. But your vote doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things unless it's a vote for a third party. That's what I've, been, that's what I've always thought. Because that's the only thing that signals to other people that it's okay to vote for a third party when you get millions of people that vote for that third party. It's a signal to them that they can vote for a third party also the next time and be comfortable doing it. And that's what, that's what it really is. It's a, it's a big finger to the establishment that says, F you, I'm not going to vote the way that you tell me to vote. I'm not going to vote for the lesser of two evils. I'm going to vote for the person I want to vote for. And hopefully lots of people will come along with me next time and do it too. So that's a win in my mind. That's a huge win. It may not get the election, but in the long run, it's a win. But that, that's the only rationale that I really have for it. I've heard other people say, oh, yeah, there's a possibility that that person might win. That, there's no possibility that the libertarians are going to win. But your vote can mean something, especially in a state where you can rationalize not voting for the lesser of two evils. Hopefully none of you guys will do that. So anyway, RF, that's the guy that was I was talking with about that. I just want to answer that question for him as well. But hey, guys, I appreciate you joining me for another look at the 2020 election. Uh, I hope that you guys will continue to join me every Monday and Thursday as I produce this show uh, for you up until the election. And then we're going to be moving in a different direction 
once the election's over, I haven't really figured out exactly how I'm going to do it yet, but I appreciate you doing that. Uh, go ahead. If you like the show, give me a five-star rating and review. If you have an Apple device and you're listening through Apple Podcasts, you can do that. Um, and also, if you would like to go ahead and follow us, follow the show, you can do that through Facebook or on Twitter. I am the Empire. Uh, just type that in. I do do a lot of stuff on the Facebook page, so following that would be fun. I could also... Uh, if you follow the Twitter handle, you'll get lots of different newspaper paper articles that I find as well. And then if you want to check out the website, iontheempire.com. But yeah, come on back on Thursday, though, because uh, I'll be putting together another show for you guys. And then you can have clear vision for 2020.